When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to another Voices of the Vic episode with me, Mike Duffy and Ben Aiton. Two in a week, Ben. You were just saying, literally just before I press record, that we spoil the listeners, don't we, Ben? We do, yeah. We like to, we like to treat them. We like yeah. to keep them on their toes. Um, yeah, just, it's like Christmas has came early for the listeners. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. We're, uh, we're, as, as you would have heard if you've listened to the last podcast, if you've not, by the way, go and listen to it right now. Uh, but if, you, uh, if you've not listened to it, we did say that we'd be back to, uh, to talk about the Tottenham game because we didn't have time to squeeze in a Tottenham preview, but we've already spoken to a Tottenham fan tonight, uh, an opposition podcast, so don't worry, that will be on the way in tonight's episode for you. But yeah, we are here to talk about the Tottenham game, which is on Sunday afternoon. Uh, unfortunately, it's not one of the Super Sunday fixtures. It's been moved because of Tottenham's participation in the Europa Conference League. Uh, they'll be playing that on Thursday and then playing us on Sunday at 2pm. Uh, but before we do so, Ben, there was another game uh, last night, as we record this on Wednesday the 25th of August. Uh, I did say, I'll hold my hands up, I did say that I wasn't really that bothered about the game unless we were to win. And then it's always good to beat Palace. Just as well, really, because we did go and win. But it sounded like it was a bit of a naff game. There's a fair few changes, which we expected. But I think, to be honest, Ben, the team that we put out was pretty decent. And considering that Minoff said that some of these players, well, I'd imagine all of the players are fighting for a spot in, in Sunday's game, something which we'll talk about very shortly. I thought it was a very, it was a decently sort of strength side, and I really liked the lineup. I don't know about you. Did you was you impressed with that lineup last night? Yeah, well, when the teams announced last night, we messaged each other straight away, and I said, "You seen a team?" And you was like, "Yeah, well, happy with that." And I was like, "Yeah, same." I, I just thought the right people came into the side. Yeah. They're the kind of people that you thought would challenge for the first team spot against Spurs at the weekend, like the likes of Nagakia came in at right back, Sirievita came in at centre half, um, Danny Rose came in at left back, and then you've got Josh King starting from the front, Kuko yeah. starting from the front. Fletcher, who hasn't seen any Premier League football yet, he got given a start. So it's people who you needed to impress to try and get into the starting lineup. Ben Foster in goal as well, maybe just to keep Dan Batman on his toes as well. So, yeah, I had no complaints about that starting 11 at all. I wish that we had more midfielders, centre midfielders to maybe um, throw in there to maybe... Um, because we played Semmer out of position, didn't we? But to be fair, from what I've seen and heard, Semmer actually did all right yesterday playing in that... Um, one of the midfield three in the middle. So, yeah, no complaints, really. Really liked that side. And, com- yeah. and to, to be fair, we made seven changes to that side as well, and we still came out winners. I was going to say, we made seven changes, Palace made three. So that's pretty much a full-strength side from Palace, so yet we still won. Uh, so that's made it even more sweeter, because Palace fans were really, really sort of sour about that after last night. The uh, The... CPFC hashtag was great viewing after the game. Uh, it sounds like Zaha had an absolute stinker as well, which is always fun uh, to hear. But, so uh, he performs in the pre-season friendly yeah. and, and not in an actual well, competitive game. It sounds just about right for Zaha, don't it? Well, Ben, you, you asked the Palace fans and that pre-season friendly matters more than that cup game did last night mate so we're the we're the fools for thinking otherwise by the sound no. of it but uh yeah it's always good to uh to beat palace and uh as as you may have seen earlier we tweeted i believe we're ball number 25 uh for the game i don't know why i'm saying this because by the time the podcast's out we'll we'll already <laughs> we'll already know who we're drawing but i'm i'm 
for anyone that is listening, I'm going to predict, and I'm hoping, a bit of bias here, but I'm predicting we're going to get a Midlands club away from home, which will be perfect for me because I'll actually be able to go to the game. Uh, but yeah. Be... Okay, let's hit what, what Midlands side then. I'm interested well, to hear. Well, you know, the only reason I'm saying this is I said about the first game of the season, I said Aston Villa, but I said Aston Villa away, but we actually got them at home. So this time, I'm going to go with, I think we'll get Stoke away from home. Okay. Who are you going for? I think we're going to get someone from a lower league. I think it's going to be a home tie. I'm actually going to go for Sunderland at home. Sunderland at home. I do yeah. know what I'd say that. And they'll bloody pack the away end out as well. Oh, you know that. They'll, yeah. they'll, they'll fill out the whole behind the goal, won't they? They'll, they'll take yeah. both sides of that Vicarage road end. Yeah, absolutely. They, they will. Uh, but... As I say, uh, we're not here to talk about the Palace game as much as I'd love to like about the Palace game. We're not here to do that, unfortunately. Here to talk about the uh, the upcoming game against Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, just off the back of the Palace game, Ben, we obviously see saw some players come in for the first time, as you say, made seven changes. Going into the game against Tottenham, how many changes would you make and who would those changes be for the game on Sunday? Poor... Um... <laughs> You really have thrown me under the bus, mate. Um, well, I've definitely changed the right back situation. You can't yeah. carry on playing a centre back at right back, it just doesn't work. Um, we've got two right backs that are fully fit now at the club yeah. who can play in that position, and it's just cutting off uh, Sars' legs, isn't it? He's not getting the support um, by having someone overlapping him and supporting him. So, uh, for me, um, Kiko came on and got 20 30 minutes yesterday so yeah. i think possibly kiko feminia um will start um Sirielta has to come in and partner truce econ truce econ looked so much more comfortable yesterday and mm-hmm. um, with Sirielta next to him so i think he missed his buddy um so yeah them two are back i would personally go for danny rose at yeah. left back he's got to come in for adam messina um Adam Messina, if, if you look back at the last two games, he's actually cost Watford two goals in those two performances. He gave away a penalty against Aston Villa in like the 96th minute and then he um, he lost his man and poor marking uh, for Shane Duffy's goal against Brighton. So for me, he hasn't been good enough for this season and mistakes get punished in the Premier League. So for my liking... I want Danny Rose to start at left back. He's got the Premier League experience. He's got the know-how. He's going to go to Tottenham wanting to, um, to prove a point. He wants to put on a performance and, and he'll keep it. Look, they just kept a clean sheet against Palace um, the other night, didn't they? Um, so I think Danny Rose, Serie to Trucy, Corner Feminine, I think that will make it difficult, more difficult for Spurs to break us down than if we played Cathcart and uh, Messina as full-backs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we obviously saw Semmer filling us in, in the midfield three. Uh, I would imagine that he will come out. And uh, a, a bit of other news as well, by the way. It looks like Ozan Tufan isn't going to be ready in time for the Tottenham game. I believe he could be quarantining uh, from coming over from uh, from Turkey. So with that in mind, Ben, let's say it's Etebo and Cleverly. Who would you bring in to that midfield three? Oh, um, you know, what, I think he's got. I think he's going to go Semmer. Do you reckon? I, I reckon. I think it's down to the tried and trusted people. Um, yeah. he, he he likes the work rate of Ken Semmer. He, he's not going to give up, is he? He's always going to fight for the ball in that. And I think he did well yesterday when he was playing in the midfield three. Um, so I think it could be possibly a um, dropping cleverly back alongside Etebo. Um, and then it's going to be Semmer just in front, um, not too far in front, because I think they want to keep it compact. Um, so you'll be keeping them three quite close together, like a little triangle. So I think he's going to go for Semmer over Loser, only because Loser's performance against Brighton is, was worrying. I think he warmed into a game against Palace yesterday and, and ended strongly, but I think it would be a risk to maybe play Loser there. Um, yeah. So I think he's going to go Semmer. Yeah, I. I personally think if if Kucha's available, which I've I've not heard otherwise, I think it, it was ten days. I'm not sure when that ten days is up. So if he's available, I'd throw him in. But yeah. we we are quite light in terms of midfield options, aren't we? So yeah, Dan Gosling's out with a sickness. Supposedly, supposedly he's got COVID, so yes, that's I why he's missing well. from the um, side as well. Which and if he was 
if he was well enough, he he obviously would have started those games against Brighton and Palace. Yeah, yeah. So I think we might have our sort of hand force a little bit uh, unless he does decide to stick with loser uh, and and cleverly as well. But I, I think maybe Semmer could well drop into that midfield three, giving that space out on the left wing the option to play Chucho from the start, which I think is really, really needed. Before I, before I go into this, uh, I did see someone say that um, Sema is Cisco's Gerardo, referring to basically Kiko <laughs> Sanchez Flores would never drop Gerardo no matter how badly he played. Uh, but yeah, that did make me laugh. But I think if Sema is to play in that midfield three, surely, surely, Ben, that opens that left-hand side to Chucho one side, Sardi other, and then Dennis down the middle. That would be my perfect front three. Is that mm. something you'd go with as well, or would you maybe switch it up a little bit? I, I see Cucho maybe as being more of an impact player off a bench at the moment. Okay. Um, okay. I would personally put Josh King over on the left-hand side, have yeah. Dennis through the middle, and start on the right-hand side. Um, I, I've been impressed with what I've seen of King. Um, I was impressed against... Um, Bright when he came on, then he got 45 minutes yesterday and he, he looked good as well. So I would play him on the left. And I just think Hernandez is just so unpredictable when he comes off the bench. I don't think the opposition would know what he's about. Yeah. If he starts the game, I think he might, he'll be a slow starter to start in the game. I think he's better coming off the bench at the moment. Um, it would be more of an impact for us. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it certainly, you know, one to to sort of split opinions. That one is. But um, isn't it great to talk about our attacking options now, though? Actually, isn't it? I, I, like I said on the podcast the other day, I personally think this is the best attacking options we've had since we got re-promoted in fourteen fifteen season. Like even that Dini and Igalo did so well. Um, it sounds like every game Dennis is playing. It sounds like he had another good game last night when he came off the bench. Uh, I thought he was one of our only bright sparks against Brighton. He obviously scored on his debut against Villa. I think Dennis put his disciplinary issues aside, uh, which hopefully we don't ever see. I think he's been absolutely superb so far. Um, yeah. And I think he's going to get goals this season for us. And Is him counter-attacking football away at Tottenham, I- I'm seeing him scoring on Sunday, Ben. Yeah, no, I, I love how quick he is. His electric yeah. pace. Um, I'd like to see a race between him and Saar because I think it's going to be really tight. But yeah, like you said, it looks like his disciplinary issues are behind him, um, which is good. And he's just my new favourite in this Watford side because he absolutely just, he could run through brick walls for this club at the moment. Um, He just looks like he's just on a mission every time he enters that pitch. And he changed the game, to be fair, when he came on against Palace yesterday. It's just the directness that he's got. You just know what you're going to get from him. And he stretches the line and he plays on his shoulder. And yeah, I'm really excited. And like you say, counter-attacking football at Spurs, he could cause them problems. Absolutely. Um, It's it's one that's going to be very, very interesting to keep an eye on in terms of the the team selection and we'll see how wrong or how right we get the team selection. So that will definitely be very, very interesting. So how many Um, changes have we said? About five changes to that start? Well, we've said Rose will come back in, um, Sierra Elta and hopefully Kiko. So there's three. Um, this is changes from the last Premier League side, not changes from the Carabao Cup, because yeah. Yeah, those three. Um, we reckon that Semmer's going to come into the midfield, so there's four. Um, possibly loser coming out, so yeah. again, there's five. And then if you were to bring King in, then there's six. So there's that six that uh, we've we've said will change from the Brighton game, which. Let's let's face it. We knew that changes needed to happen from the Brighton game. Uh, we need a shift in emphasis as well, and it's just it's something that we just want to see a reaction. I think you know, the, to play so poorly against Brighton, it was really really poor. Yeah. Uh, but I think with a, a team like that, I think we can we can maybe spring a few surprises on Tottenham. Um, obviously, as always on this podcast, we like to get opposition views. Me and Ben did speak to Flav from the Fighting Cock podcast, which is a podcast all to do with Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, we will play that interview now, and you will hear everything. Lo- well, you, you'll hear the lowdown from the Tottenham Hotspur camp. <laughs> Delighted to say we've been joined by Flav by the from the Fighting Cock podcast, the Tottenham Hotspur podcast. Flav, 
first of all, thank you very much for joining. How's things for yourself? Really good. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, news today that Harry Kane's staying at the Spurs, so we all had a bit of a lift. Um, just want to say before we start that I've got a bit of a soft spot. Not, not like a proper soft spot, because like, yeah. you shouldn't have a, a second team or anything <laughs> like that. But I've got a lot of family and friends that are from sort of Watford, Ryslip, Harrow, Eastcote, that kind of way. So Watford have always been sort of in my conscience since, uh, you know, since I started following football. Well, that's good to hear. We we like to hear that absolutely. And as you said, so you wouldn't Harry... mind a Watford win on Sunday, then? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> <laughs> as you said, obviously Harry Kane, which is someone we'll obviously touch on. He, he has announced today that um, he's he's going to be staying. So we're recording this on um, Wednesday, the twenty fifth of August. So some good news for for Spurs fans. But we'll. Um, We'll, we'll start with the manager first, Flav. You know, back in June, we saw Spurs maybe make a couple of failed attempts to find a new head coach. But in mm. July, you appointed the former Wolves manager, Nuno Espirito Santo, on a two-year deal. Um, what are your thoughts on him and, and how's it going so far? Obviously, you, you've won two games out of two. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, thoughts so far has been really positive. Um, you've got to remember that whoever was going to take over at Spurs, they, they were following Jose Mourinho and he'd created such an atmosphere at the club and we just really weren't happy with what the way, way he conducted himself and the way he talked about the players and every time we lost the game, it was going to be the Jose Mourinho show and like we were warned way, way back by Manchester United fans, especially saying that this is going to end in tears and we didn't want to hear it and it did. Um, so Nuno, you know, he came into the club he, and he couldn't lose, really. All, all he had to do was say the right things. And that isn't a... It's, it's no mean feat, because it's not easy to say the right things. You, you're the figurehead of a football club. So you've got to measure what you say. But so far, what he's done, certainly from a fan's perspective, he said everything right. And it feels a little bit like... And I'm not saying that he will go on to do what Pochettino did at Tottenham. But it feels like when Poch joined the club in 2000... And, oh, was it... 15, 14, 15. Um, it kind of feels like that vibe. And it, like I say, it might, it definitely won't go on to... I, I can't imagine a world where Nuno achieves what Pochettino did, but, um, you know, it, it at least feels like he's the right man for the job. When, you know, your question was like when, you know, back in, what was it, June, July, when we were trying to f- sign managers and we went, God knows how long, nearly a quarter of a year without signing a manager, which was, it was bizarre. <laughs> like, um, he wasn't our first choice. He wasn't anybody's first choice. We wanted Conte, we wanted all these big names, but sometimes, you know, maybe it's better to just sort of rein yourselves in and realise that perhaps you're not Juve. You know, you're not the clubs that can afford to placate Conte's vision. And if you're not that, then let's go for someone who does fit the mould. And I think Nuno Espirito Santo does so far. Like we touched on at the start of the episode, there's been a lot of talk about Harry Kane's future at the club this summer. There's been a bid rejected by Manchester City. Um, and it, Harry Kane's came out with a statement today saying he's staying at Tottenham this summer and he will be given 100% his focus and his ready to help the team achieve success this season. That must be music to Spurs fans' ears, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you want you want to hear that. You definitely want to hear that. But you've got to remember that the way he's behaved during the summer is, was disrespectful to to the fans and to the football club. And, fat, you know, when we talk about a football club, no, no player, doesn't matter how big they are, are bigger than the club and they're bigger than the whole sum of the fans that, that, that follow that club. So you, you've got to carry your an element of dignity when you're talking about Harry Kane and that is you know he, he he didn't say the right things he didn't do the right thing the best thing for him if he genuinely wanted to leave and, I, and I'm sure he did that he should have said at the beginning of this summer look I've done everything I can um, I can't give any more and that's that's fair because everyone recognises him as one of the best strikers and in the history of the Premier League since '92, and probably even in the leagues before it, like he, he would rank up there as one of the best strikers that English football has ever seen right now. That's without him winning anything. So we understand how good he is, but you know, 
it comes down to how you feel as a fan and how you feel about your players and, and what is effectively our captain. I know Loris is our captain, but Harry Kane is also a leader on the pitch. And when you see someone who you carry with such... You just love him, don't you? You love him. He's your... He's like... It's like Troy Deeney for, for Watford. Like yeah. I'd imagine there are elements of Troy Deeney's career at Watford where you felt as strongly about him as you did about, as we do, about Harry Kane. Like that time when you went to um, the Emirates and Troy Deeney just absolutely bullied him. And as Spurs fans, we absolutely love Troy Deeney because of the way he talked about Arsenal. But he was right about all of it. And, you, you know, as fans, that's what you want to hear. And when we didn't get that from Harry Kane during the summer, it was he damaged a lot of the good work that he'd done, like, you know, it was it was difficult to stomach, but he's with us now. You know, whether it's by the fact that his contract wasn't wasn't was never going to be renewed. Oh, sorry, his contract was never going to allow, allow him to to leave, and Manchester City were always going to have to pay the going rate to get him, which they weren't willing to do. So, yeah, it's positive. You know, he's he's here. You know, he's a professional. He's always going to give everything to for, for Tottenham. He's never going to. I think he fully respects what what Spurs have done for him and, and what 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 he's done for Tottenham. So, yeah, I'd rather have him there than not have him. Sure. Yeah, you, you mentioned there obviously how good of a player he is and how much of a benefit that will come to Spurs and how much uh, the Spurs fans love him, etc. But then you also mentioned about him maybe disrespecting the, the club a little bit, disrespecting the fans. How do you think that relationship's actually going to be this season between Kane and the fans? Because I know he come on for a bit against Wolves and I think I read online that he, some he greeted by some boos and some cheers. So how do you think the overall relationship he's going to be between him and the fans. Um, I, I'm not sure what, what you read and I, I can only go by what I heard on the television which was, it seemed like, and, and my mates who were at the game, it seemed like everybody was backing him. Um, okay. That doesn't mean that there are Spurs fans out there, there aren't Spurs fans out there that are like wanting, wanting to dig him out. Um, now that he's committed himself to the club, at least until next summer, I think the the mood for him going into the the, the ground will be positive. Um, I think there will, there won't be any issues. There certainly won't be any booze. I, I I can't imagine going into the game against Watford if he does start. I still that's a big if. Um, no, I mean, look, it, it, what can you do? Like, what it, you're you can you know get on your high horse and say. Harry Kane mistreated us or, or he, he didn't behave in the correct way or the way we wanted him, wanted him to behave. But fundamentally, every Spurs fan out there would have bit your hand off if there was a chance for him to stay. And he is staying for this season at least. And, you know, because he's staying, we can be much more optimistic than we would have been if he had left. We'll move away from Harry Kane now and let's talk about the incomings a bit for Spurs this season. From an outsider's looking in, it looks like Spurs have changed their recruitment policy this season with the three players that you've brought in so far and you're linked with um, Saar from Mets as well. Um, would you say this is down to the new director of football that you've appointed? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Because the you know since Pochettino was given the role of being manager of the football club, which is different from head coach. He, was, he joined as a head coach and became manager, and that's much more sort of you know, hands-on and players coming in and out. And it's been him and Daniel Levy, and then Mourinho came in, didn't have the director of football above him. Not that I'm sure he didn't want want that guy there either. And I think uh, Daniel Levy realised that he couldn't get the players in or he couldn't sell the players that would necessarily push us forward as a squad. So what's been refreshing and. It's still early days because you remember this guy joined uh, the first of July. That was his, you know, he's been in the the game less than two months at Spurs. Wow! But already, it feels like we are much more active now. Whether that's true or whether it's just that we're putting out press releases or giving journalists or our sources in inverted commas, you know, uh, stories and 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 whether or not that any any of that will come to fruition is, is is something else but it feels like we're active and it feels like we're being linked to the right players whether like i say whether whether or not that will come to anything is you know remains to be seen but yeah i mean as as, as, as based on what we've seen so far he's he seems like he knows what he's doing 
Yeah, the, the three players that Ben was alluding to there, it was Brian Gill from Sevilla and um, two signings from Atalanta, so Christian Romero and Pierluigi Gallini. Yeah. Are you excited by these signings and, and what do you think they can bring to the team? Well, Brian Hill, I, I, we don't know. We know that all we can go by as fans is the absolute fact that not a single Spurs fan, unless they're really, really into their football, had ever heard of him. <laughs> and um, Romero... Again, like honestly, if you're into, unless you're into your Italian football, you wouldn't know that he was a, a good defender. And I've got to be honest, again, I, I, I like I love Spurs, right? And I, yeah. and I'm into football, but I'm not going to spend my time watching Italian football. So I didn't know how good he I didn't know how good he was either. Yeah. Going by his reputation and what we've learned since him signing and and in the run up to him signing is that he played really well uh, last season and he was ranked statistically as one of their best best defenders in Serie A. So. Um, we needed a defender. What's ironic is that Dyer and Sanchez have started their first two games superbly. And if you ask any Spurs fan towards the end of last season, if they wanted Dyer and, <laughs> and Sanchez to start start against City, they, they, I mean, there wouldn't be a single one of them going, you know what, you could do a job. You'd be going, this keys is rubbish. Like, Dyer, like we love Dyer. Like, he's been, been at the football club for a long, long time. But... He, Based on his performances with Mourinho and um, and the latter stages of Pochettino's reign, he's not good enough, and Sanchez is not good enough. But it just shows how little we know about football, and as fans, we know nothing really. I mean, we all, like, I'm sure, on your podcast, you give all all, all your opinions because it's entertaining to listen to about Watford, and we do the same on our podcast about Spurs. But fundamentally, we know nothing about football because if we did, we'd be working in it. Yeah. Um, you know, Sanchez knows more about playing football. He could skin me day in, day out as a centre back without even. Without, he could wake. He could jump out of his bed in the morning and pull my pants down because that's how good he is. And, and I'm sort of saying he should never play for Spurs again. Like I know a single fucking, <laughs> fucking yeah. thing about the game. It, it, it's. It, he's, but my point is, I'm going back to is the fact that both of them have played really, really well uh, as centre back. The system sort, uh, suits them. Um, Joe, uh, Nuno is playing a kind of very narrow 4-3-3 uh, which really protects him similarly in a way that um, Ranieri did with Leicester where he protected Wes Morgan's um, frailties by just allowing him, to, allowing him to defend and it seems like the same thing's going on with with Dyer and, Rome- uh, and um, Sanchez but Romero has been brought in for big money he will go into that first team he's much more aggressive on the front foot than those two are so it may change our playing style and allow us to be a little bit more dynamic when it comes to playing against teams that might not want to really push us like Manchester City did. So um, I can't say I'm, I'd be a liar if I said I know a great deal about Romero. I don't. Yeah. I'm just going off the back of all the hyperbole that's been spouted around on Twitter and saying, yeah, he's the best defender in the world. But I, I, I know nothing about him really deep down. <laughs> One player you you probably will know about um, faced him at the weekend. Very strongly linked to Spurs now. Um, Nuno managed him last season. It's Teore. Um, is is this something you reckon is going to be happening in the next few days? I think I've seen forty million touted. Did you see? Did you watch the game? By any chance? I I didn't, but I, I you know Jason, who I work with, and I was speaking to him, and he said he absolutely bullied um, a, a couple of players. I do know Jason. Yeah, he, um, I. Basically, every time he got the ball, I was shit in my pants. I was thinking, <laughs> he, he, and he did. He destroyed us over and over again. Like you could not get the ball off him. And I'm thinking, like, if we're going to spunk forty million pound on a player, at least make it a player that I, I never want to play against ever again. And I, if if I see him in a Spurs shirt with with him, Kane, and Son as our front line, every team, no matter who they are, would be terrified of playing us because that's that's so dangerous on the break. Now, mm. as good as he was against Spurs, and I would you know, definitely give him an 8 out of 10, the big question mark over him is the, he's finishing. So I'm willing to gamble on spending that money and getting him in. Like, I'd love to see him in a Spurs shirt 100%. It would be absolutely fantastic to see him at Spurs. And you know, I'm, not wait, I'm, not, I'm not looking for 10 assists and six goals out of him I, I don't expect that but what he could give us is something we don't already have actually that's that's not necessarily true we do have a fair few players who can break and transition in the way he does but not as good as he can so mm. look if 
Nuno wants him and Paratici wants him, then I trust them to make a decision because, as I say, they know more about football than I could ever remember. <laughs> Looking ahead to this season now, um, last season Spurs finished seventh in the league, reached the League Cup final, narrowly lost to City, uh, 1-0. You're knocked out at the fifth round of the FA Cup and you reached uh, reach the last 16 of the Europa League. Uh, what's the target for this season? Well, before Harry Kane agreed to stay, I think the target was just do better than last season. Just make whatever finish we get more entertaining than we had last year. Because we, you know, we finished seventh, but and there were times where we were top of the league in November for four weeks. Never seen that before as a Spurs fan. But the football was so boring and so pragmatic that it was like, oh God, like I'd rather finish seventh being a little bit more on the front foot and giving it a go like... Wolves will this season. Wolves will probably finish seventh, seventh this season. But if I got to watch the football that Wolves played against Spurs every week and we finished seventh, you take that over what we did with Jose Mourinho last year. So it's about, it was about us just enjoying the ride and the journey more so than last season. And if we finish in the same spot, it doesn't matter too much because you know it was more fun. Now... Harry Kane's signed, uh, not signed. I keep saying he's signed. He hasn't signed. He's agreed to stay. <laughs> um, you've got to look up from that point. You, if you can't have a striker of his quality and Huminson and, um, you know, Hoybier and Lo Celso and Domblay, if he ever comes back, and he probably won't, but if he does, these are the players that, are, that should be playing in the Champions League. We've got the squad to play there, so you've got to be looking upwards. Um, you know, Lucas Morris got a hat-trick in the semi-final of the Champions League. These are players that should be playing in that, that competition. I still think, even though that Harry Kane has agreed to stay, that there are fans from other football clubs in the top four, Man United, uh, Chelsea especially, that are still looking at Spurs as the club that they think we are last season. I don't think we are that anymore. I feel like we should be looking up. I feel a really good season would be a fourth, fourth, fourth spot. Uh, an acceptable season would be anything from sixth, sixth to fifth, maybe. Well, you've started the season very well. Like we said, two wins out of two so far. Um, last weekend, you beat Wolves 1-0 with a Deli Alley penalty. How was the performance? We've heard you, you defensively solid, which is unheard of for Tottenham over the last couple of seasons. Yeah, yeah, fair play. I mean, uh, we were defensively solid, but we were forced to be that way because Wolves are that good. Like, I've never... Honestly... I was sitting here watching the game and thinking, we are, I mean, not. It, it, I think, you know, you know, often when you see your team get beat, um, and I, I bet this happens with, with, with Watford a lot, right? If you, if you do a big team, the narrative will be that the big team didn't play as well as they should have done and Watford done well, and instead of Watford forcing the team to play badly. And that's what, what Wolves did. They did, just did not give us an opportunity. They were the best team on the pitch. It doesn't matter about the... Uh, the reputation of Tottenham Hotspur and Wolverhampton Wanderers. They were the best team. They were on the front foot. They were quality. They didn't give us a, a, a moment to um, to think. And, um, you know, we changed things and they slowed down in the second half. But for the vast majority of the game, they were quality. So, yeah, I've forgotten your question. Sorry, mate. I often go on rants. I'm not sure. What was you say? <laughs> it was it was just how your performance was and you were defensively yeah. solid. We were defensively solid, but I think we were grateful to get the three points, very much so. And I think on another day, uh, Wolves deserved more than, than losing that game. Um, but if you look at the chances, despite the fact that they were on top, we had probably the better chances. And it was down to that defensive solidity that enabled us to ride it out and, and wait for those moments to break and, and cause pressure in our own right. So, yeah, we were defensively solid. That has been rare over the last couple of years. It was good to see. And like I say, it was Sanchez and, and Dyer at the heart of all of that. Is there any injury news coming out of the side at the moment? Uh, no. no, none, none. Well, a, a Romero got picked up. Boy, he looked like he was carrying a knock when we played against the team in that competition that we're involved in. I can't even remember. I don't know who we played or the name of the competition. It's that shit. Um, yeah, he he played. He had his debut against uh, uh, I think it's Pacos de Ferreira. I think. Yes. I'm, I'm not sure how many of the fans are going to be listening to this, but I think that's always. <laughs> yeah, you're safe on that part. Don't worry about that. <laughs> yeah. <way. laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I don't know if um, you know what how, how how impactful his injury would have been. 
Um, he wasn't on the bench, if I remember rightly, against Wolves. Um, but he, I guess he's the only one. Um, Kane's fit. Son's fit. Uh, Deli Ali, Lucas Mora, Bervine. There, there's, there's no issues at all at the moment, as far as I know. Brilliant. So a full yeah. strength Tottenham team. <laughs> I was just thinking that, reading those names out, thinking shit. <laughs> well, can I ask you a question? Because yeah. when you think, when when you listen, if I say Bergvine and Lucas Mora, do you does that? Do you think oh, we need to be wary of them? Because I don't. I, yeah, just, just for, for Bergwine, yes. Lucas yeah, Mora, if you can cut the supply off from him. Then I'm saying that as if it's a piece of piss, like you said earlier about um, about the couple of your players. But if you can cut the supply off and stick a man on him, I'm not too worried about Lucas Moura. But Bergwijn's pace is uh, is ridiculous, and he really worries me in terms of who he could be coming up against in in defence. So yeah, that does worry that's, me more than more. So that's that's mad to hear because from Spurs, if you ask any Spurs fan, you're like, yeah. nah, he ain't all right. He's rubbish. He's, it's, it's, I, I mean, I don't even rate him that highly. I think he's all right, but he's like, it's, I don't know, it's just mad what you see and what, what you, how you interpret other people's um, squads and whatnot. But yeah, yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, turning the attentions now to Sunday, um, how do you think the game's going to go? And then um, if you can give us a little score prediction. I mean, the season's gone well so far. Uh, beating Man City was massive, and, and and Wolves will give anybody, you know, heartaches. Is that right? Is that, is that even the expression? I don't even know what that even meant. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll they'll cause problems for anyone yeah. who goes to Molyneux, right? Um, I, I I feel like we we should, based on our our first eleven, you know, Watford just come back up. They are a Premier League club, but you have you have come back up, so there's massive transitional issues. Yeah. I, I I think. The vast majority of Spurs fans were looking at that game and thinking we should win it. These are, these are the games we should win mm-hmm. at home, given the amount of money we put into the squad and the amount of wages we pay. You know, and and the where you finish in the league is diametrically in line. That's not a thing either. I'm just talking bullshit. <laughs> They're in line. With, how much you spend is in line with where you should finish in the league. Yeah. Um, so. I, yeah, I, I feel like we should win. We should win, sort of comfortably. Yeah. Um, anything other than a comfortable win will be met with, I'm sure, many angry tweets. But yeah. um, you know, I wish you the best. I generally, do. Uh, our, 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 the our score prediction would be a good win. Would be three nil. Yeah, I'd take one nil right now. Yeah, well, let's hope it's not 3-0 from our point of view. But I, I think it's going to be a very, very tough game. I think me and Ben, you know, we, we've acknowledged that obviously going to uh, to Tottenham Hotspur Stadium is uh, never easy. I know we, we managed to, I think we drew there last time. We uh, we were in the Prem. Uh, should have won, but we won't go into that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> did no, you, we, did, was it was uh, was the game at the new stadium? That was yeah, where uh, Dalafaya got cropped and VAR decided. Yeah, we'll look at it, but we won't give a penalty. So and, and then Dele 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 scored with his arm. It, yeah, he unfolded <laughs> it to, to the equal. No, you, you, you've literally just said you weren't going to talk about it. And you, yeah, well, yeah, we, we're not bitter <laughs> or still, anything. It's still so. sore. <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be an interesting game. But no, really appreciate you your time tonight, Flava. As I said, Flavi's from the the Fighting Cock Tottenham pod, uh, podcast, uh, po- podcast fanzine website. You can find them on Twitter at Love the Shirt, and I'm sure that you can find them on all uh, podcast providers as well. But thank you very much for your time this evening, Flav. And uh, hopefully, it's it's a good game for the neutral, for any neutrals that might be listening on the off chance. But uh, hopefully, it's um, yeah, it's it's a closely encountered game, eh? Yeah, definitely, 100%. And, um, yeah. and fundamentally, we're all going to love Danny Rose at the end of it. Cause Absolutely. I don't know if you saw that Danny Rose in, uh, turned up at our under-23s just to watch watch, just watch just some football and support the boys. So, I did like, what a man. I, I think I did something for you guys, uh, like, recording about Danny Rose. But, yeah, we, we, we all love him. We'll, we'll always love whatever he's done for Spurs and, like, hopefully has a really good uh, few seasons with Watford. He, he played his first game last night for Watford, um, did 90 minutes and he was actually man of a match as well, got rewarded by the fans. So he put in a really good display last night against Palace. So yeah, we're hoping that he's going to start this weekend because our other left-back's awful. So I hope, I hope he starts, to be fair. He's, he's far from awful, far from awful. Good stuff.
So some very, very interesting points there made by Flav Ben. Uh, I, I, I think they're obviously the news surrounding them with Harry Kane is massive. Uh, it doesn't sound like he's expecting him to start on, Saturday, on Sunday, sorry, which is a blessing in disguise, until he tells you the players that probably will start. Um, <laughs> so, listen, what ultimately, Ben, if we're sort of being level-headed here, what, what are you hoping for and what are you expecting from Sunday's game? Expecting a very tough game. I think it's going to be very difficult to... Um, get anything out of the game. Um, Spurs are playing at home. They obviously see us as a three points banker. Um, but I think we're going to go over and hopefully upset them. Um, I think they're playing different football under than Nunes. If he looks like he's sorted out their defence where they've had a bit of a leaking defence over the last two, three years. I think at the end of Pochettino's tenor, there was actually um, starting to leak goals and they've not looked very defensively solid for a while now. So, and with them sorting that out, it's a bit of a worry because you know they've got goals up the other end of the pitch through Song and Kane and everyone else they've got. got. So it's it's a bit of a worry, uh, I'm not going to lie. But look, it, it's I'm not going to say it's a free hit because um, you shouldn't really treat games as a free hit. But no. it, it's a game where there's not much pressure on Watford. Um, so maybe we could go there with not much pressure on us, more pressure on Spurs to get the result. And you just got to treat it as like you got to get to every 15 minutes of a game and try and keep it as like nil-nil like 15 minutes in nil-nil half an hour try nil-nil get into half time nil-nil and then second half just be like okay if it carries on being nil-nil let's see what we can do to Spurs let's try and hit them on the break let's try and sneak that goal and then we'll sit on the lead and then let's frustrate them with Trucy Corn and Siriota heading every single ball out into the stands and let's frustrate them and let's try and um, time waste um, and try and get three points because <laughs> I know it's going to be tough. Yeah, um, well, I think the longer the game sort of falls in our balance and maybe we keep it nil-nil, you never know with this squad. The, the, the confidence could really, really grow and sort of sort of course through the veins of the team, really. I think the longer the game goes on and Tottenham haven't scored, I think that's when you're going to see the fans maybe groan in a bit. Um, yeah. Because fans expect, don't they? Like When we're in the Prem and we're playing against a newly promoted um, side, you look at it and you're like, yeah, that's three points. So the longer the game goes on and your team hasn't scored, then there's grumblings, isn't there? If it's okay. nil-nil at half-time, will there be a couple of boos being like, oh, come on, why haven't you scored against Watford? They just came up. So... I think it's game management, isn't it? Um, surely Cisco's got a, a plan that he's working on with the side at the moment. Um, it's how they implement it, and hopefully we can do a job and do the uh, to it to a T, and we can frustrate Spurs. But it's going to be difficult. I personally think Harry Kane's going to start. He came off the bench at the weekend um, and and had about twenty minutes, but I think he could start. Like all that Harry Kane situation now, it's. Surely it's water under a bridge. Um, Nuno knows that he's committed now for the season and he'll want his main man playing. Um, so, yeah, I think that he's going to start. And if he is going to start, I'm going to have to transfer him into my fantasy football team and make him, <laughs> make him captain. I have, I, I did have him in my fantasy football team and, and at the start of the season until someone pointed out that... Um, he, he probably isn't going to be playing the first couple of games because of the whole transfer saga. So I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head if I've actually transferred him out or just put him to the bench. So I need to make sure to check because my uh, my backup striker is uh, Jay Rodriguez, which is a bit of a stinker to be honest from me. Uh, and then my other striker is Chucho. So uh, yeah, That's I might have to transfer him back. But um, yeah, Kane has got four goals in 12 games against Watford. So not as sort of famous last words I know but not as potent as you'd probably expect you know looking at the record against some of the others for example he's played 16 games against Leicester scored 17 goals um, played 13 games against Everton scored 12 goals against them scored 11 in 15 against Arsenal 11 in 17 against West Ham 10 in 16 against uh, Southampton 10 in 10 against Stoke so uh, 99 against the Baggies so you know it's not as if he's guaranteed score. You, you know, you get those players which they always score against Watford. Let's say David Nugent, uh, Adam Lafondra. I know these are <laughs> Sergio players. Aguero. Sergio Aguero. <laughs> yeah, you know these players that are guaranteed now to score against Watford. 
I don't think Harry Kane's ever been one of them. And listen, there's probably fans listening to this thinking, just stop talking because it will definitely happen now. But I, I, I don't know whether there'd be a lot of pressure on his shoulders that when he, if he does start. So maybe I'm not as worried. Again, famous last words. But maybe I'm not as worried if if Harry Kane was to start. But um, yeah, it's going to be an interesting one to keep. The on. one that worries me the most is Song. I, I love Sorry. watching him yeah. play. For energy that he's got, he can do anything. Um, and he worries me the most because. Like Harry Kane, he drops deep and he pulls the strings a little bit and he can shoot from distance. But it's that pace of song I don't like and his drib- dribbling ability as well. How he can weave in and out of players and you can't even get close to him. He's a special talent. Um, I really like him and I think he's the one to watch out for at the weekend. I think he's going to be the one causing us the most issues. Uh, well, he's actually got five goals in 10 games against Watford. So he's more potent against us than Harry Kane is. Uh, so make of that what you will. And I, I think you're absolutely right there, Ben. I think he's one definitely to watch. Uh, hopefully our our defence, CRLT, can be the rock that he is and, and sort of nullify that, that attack from Son. Fingers crossed anyway. Uh, ben, in, as always, well, I say as always, we actually didn't do this for the uh, the Brighton game. So we, we're slacking already. The, the prediction league between me and Ben has gone to part already. But just for a bit of fun, score prediction from yourself for this game? I'm going to go 1-1. Oh, okay. I like that. Yeah. I like that. A bit of confidence. I, I, I want to be positive this season. I don't yeah, want to be yeah. negative. I'm going to go into every game thinking that we can possibly get something out of it. I think we can maybe... I think hopefully the squad have learnt from um, Brighton. The, the main worry of this Watford squad is the midfield three, isn't it? Um, I yeah. think it's going to be very tough, but look, that midfield three can easily come into a midfield five if, if Saar and King or whoever's playing on the flanks can tuck in and just frustrate um, Spurs. So I think that's what we're going to possibly have to do against Spurs. And like you say, it's going to be counter-attacking football and hopefully hit them on the counter and we can hurt them. So I, I think we can score at Spurs and I don't think we're going to concede too many. So that's why I'm going to go for a 1-1 draw. Yeah, well, I, uh, I'm i going to be even cheekier and... No, a, don't do it, don't no, do no, it. No, 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 this is a massive call from me. I think we're going to sneak it 2-1. I, I don't know why, but I just think our attacking options this season, I just, we've got goals in this squad. I, I can't wait for this bolt me on the arse, but we've got goals in this squad. Uh, we really, really have. So, um we got, go we got the listeners listening to us going, did they watch the Brighton game? <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah. I just think, do you know what, I just think that, this last night, obviously, I know it was against Crystal Palace and it was a bit of a drab game and everything, but I just think if he implements a few changes into the system, Danny Rose at left-back, you know, no disrespect to Messina, but he's not enjoyed the best of times so far, two games in. I just think that will solidify that side. Um, Kiko on the right-hand side, he can link up with Saro, he has been doing uh, in this last se- you know, from last season. I think that straight away will give us another dimension in terms of attacking-wise. So I'm I'm looking forward to that as well. It is that midfield free though, Ben, as you say, that does worry uh, me at the moment, purely because Cooch is out injured, two fans not available yet. Gosling's got COVID, so I I don't think he would have played anyway. Um, Tom Cleverley maybe worries me a little bit in terms of his, his e- not eagerness, but in terms of his legs, as he as he got it really anymore? And on, on the subject of Tom Cleverley, um, you know, Tottenham is a team that he knows very, very well. He's played played them 14 times uh, so far. And the, the team he's played most in his career is Man City with 18 times. So, you know, he, he's come up against some sort of the third most in his career compared to any other team. And whilst we're on the subject to Tom Cleverley, massive congratulations to him for making his 150th appearance for Watford um, last night against Crystal Palace when he come off the bench. So a big, big uh, milestone and he's been a brilliant servant to the club. But he just worries me a little bit this season. Is it maybe the, the Premier a stretch too far for Cleverley? We obviously talked about his work rate off the ball last season and his willingness to chase down lost causes. Is it a step too far this season in the Premier League? Who knows? Maybe he is. But hopefully he makes amends this, this weekend against Tottenham and, and has a game of his life. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with my 2-1. Uh, 
And uh, for those that are listening, yes, I did watch the Brighton game, unfortunately, but I've just got a feeling that something's going to happen there. I really and do. yes, he hasn't had a drink yet. I haven't. Do you know what? I haven't. I, I haven't had a drink tonight. I, I, I had a I had a Pepsi Max not long ago, just before we started recording. So maybe it's a sugar rush. I don't know. But um, yeah, I, I've not had a drink. So this isn't the beer talking. This is me talking. So uh, yeah, from the two heart. One. From the heart, two one. Um, but yeah, that's. That's the Tottenham preview in a nutshell, ladies and gents. And uh, as always, everything seems to be going on with Watford this season. So we'll finish on a few topics. Uh, I've reeled a couple of them off already, uh, which is unlike me. But um, whilst we're talking about the midfield and, and sort of the lack of options, you may have seen that Sky Sports did re- report that Celta Vigo have rejected a loan bid from ourselves for OK Yukulsu or you look so, I'm not really sure how to pronounce it, um, and we remain in discussions over a deal. So hopefully we can get that one over the line because he was a big, big fan's favourite for West Brom last season. Despite them going down, he was sort of one of the shining lights from that team. And uh, obviously it would be good to get some, some more depth in that midfield three as well. Uh, I imagine that would be a deal that they would probably get done on the deadline day. It, it yeah, just it seems like it, there's been a lot of talk about him for weeks now. Uh, and yeah. for them to say they've rejected a bid and they're still in discussions, you just know this is going to be like deadline day, 10 to 11 at night on the Tuesday night next week. That we'll, we'll see the little ticker flash up on Sky Sports yeah. News saying that Watford has signed him. So, yeah, it's going to be another long week, I think. See, I always think that about this next one. So this next um, transfer target, which has propped up from Footy Insider 247 on Twitter, we've apparently set our sights on signing Newcastle midfielder Asa Kaiden, and he's 26 years old, and it's understood that the player's keen on moving to Vicarage Road. I think that could that's got deadline day written all over it as well. And to be honest, Ben, I'm not really sure how I feel about that one because... I, He's not really a standout player for Newcastle. How do you feel about that one? Do you, do you A, see it coming off and B, do you think he'd improve our midfield as such? Or I think he wants to move back down here because he came from the Arsenal Academy, didn't he? Yeah. So his family's in and around that um, area. It's a, and Watford and Arsenal are pretty close together, especially the training grounds anyway. It's sure. separated by her hedge, isn't it? So, yeah. um, that's why I think he probably wants to move down here. Um <laughs> I don't mind him as a player. I just don't think he's. I don't think he's better than Will Hughes, and we're losing Will Hughes. We we need upgrades on these kind of players, and I don't think he's going to improve the squad. Um, I think he would be. A, I think he's better than Dan Goslins. I think there's maybe a slight improvement on that. But like I was saying to you in the last episode, I want to find gem of midfielders just like Brighton have found Bazuma. Um, yeah. I want a midfielder of that calibre. There's players out there. We just need to find them for the right price and bring them in. Um, but this, yeah, I'm, I agree with you. This looks like something that would probably flash up late on Tuesday, saying Adam Leventhal's reporting that he's at the training ground about to do a medical or something. It, it's a it's a Premier League player with experience. We've heard that Watford are after a midfielder of Premier League experience. Is it a player that's currently playing in the Premier League? Um, he plays week in, week out for um, Newcastle, so mm-hmm. it possibly could be. But I've not seen on Twitter that he's recently signed a six-year contract or something. That's crazy if he has. Look at Harry Kane. He signed a six-year deal at 24. And, so uh, look where that's surely going. like a six-year contract, it would mean like it's going to cost a lot of money to get him out of that contract as well. Like, And Watford aren't really in a position to be forking out money. Like, we've we've got these two loan players, Itubu and uh, Tufan. That are like, there's a fee at the end of the loan spell with Watford stay up, and that's like ten million plus for for both them two. And do they really want to be bringing in someone else who's going to cost a fair bit of money as well? So, I'm not sure. Um, Yeah, I don't think he'll improve the starting lineup. But then we're very short and playing Ken Semmer in the middle. aren't we at the moment? Yeah, it's interesting, you know, two two things you picked up on there um, in terms of, you know, he has got Premier League experience and uh, in terms of you, you wanting to find, you're hoping that we find gems. I think if you leave it this late in the transfer window, you are going to be ending up linking with sort of players like Isaac Aiden, etc. Yeah. That's so disrespectful, Isaac Aiden. I don't want to... You know, I don't want it to be on record that I'm I'm calling in absolutely crap. I just don't think 
that as it stands, he's an upgrade on our midfield and certainly yeah. not on Will Hughes. But the longer you One. leave it in a transfer window, the, the more you're going to sort of maybe have to deal with what you get sort of thing. Mm. One thing I do like about him, he, he's an aggressive player. He, he's someone who's going to give a bit of bite to you midfield. He's a bit yeah, of an yeah. aggressor and he, he, he gets stuck into challenges. And when you look at that Brighton performance last week, there was no one really um, get, getting stuck in, was there? So maybe yeah. that's something that he could add to his Watford uh, midfield free. So yeah. uh, I know I've just slated him off and ruled him off, but <laughs> look, looking at it now where I thought about it a bit more, maybe he would add a bit more steel into that midfield filter possibly but then look we, we brought in Dan Gosling everyone ruled him out last season and he did a yeah. stellar job getting us promoted um, we all ruled out Ben Watson when we signed him it was a fantastic um, addition to the squad as well so who knows um, Isaac Hayden could be another one to add to that list Absolutely and you, you mentioned there a, a long contract his contract actually runs out in June 2026 so if he signed that deal last year then yes it would have been a six year deal um, which which is very, very interesting considering he's, he's only 26. So he's tying himself down. And in terms of Premier League experience, just to run few, a few stats on him, uh, he's played 106 games in the Premier League, scoring three times and assisting six. He's played 159 games for Newcastle, obviously some of those in the Championship as well. Six goals in total and 10 assists. And he's mainly a defensive midfielder, 174 appearances in total. Um, at defensive midfield position, eight goals and 13 assists in that position as well. And he can also fill in, he has made appearances at centre-back, centre-midfield, right-back and right-midfield. So he is quite versatile. So it'd be very, very interesting to, to keep an eye on that one uh, and to see if that does materialise. Uh, and then just to finish the pods on a couple of international call-up news which is brilliant. It's always good to see our lads get called up and recognised for their international sides. Josh King's being called up by Norway for their World Cup qualifiers in September, and they'll be facing Netherlands, Latvia and Gibraltar. Danny Backman has again been called up by Austria for their upcoming World Cup qualifiers in September against Moldova, Israel and Scotland. Craig Kafka, he will never, ever stop being called up for Northern Ireland, it seems that way, um, for their World Cup qualifiers in September against Lithuania, Estonia and Switzerland. I swear all these countries, they play the same teams all the bloody time, it seems. Um, and then last but certainly not least, and this is one that's brought a smile to my face, Ken Semmer's been called up to Sweden for their upcoming World Cup qualifier um, qualifiers against Spain, Uzbekistan and Greece. But so has Pontus Dolberg. He's finally got the call to the full international side. And that's surely a sign of how well he's been playing. He's getting regular games in League One against Doncaster. A little bit disappointed he didn't play against Stoke last night as they crashed out the Cup 2-0. But I suppose... Most teams tend to have a cup goalkeeper and a league goalkeeper, so that's sort of understandable. But absolutely delighted for Pontus to, to receive a full international call-up. I'm not sure how it's going to work in, in terms of some international because the Premier League and the Championship have said that they're not allowing players to go to these countries that are on the red list. So I'm not completely au fait with the red list. So I yeah, well, um, Sirioto got called up for um, Chile, didn't he? But because of the red list situation and Premier League clubs aren't allowing um, their players to um, travel over to the red list, um, Chile is actually in the red list at the moment. Um, so he won't be able to travel although he has been called up but yeah the Premier League have put a stop to that so that's that's good news for Watford yeah, especially with Sirioto coming back late from the Copper America um, he's only had his first start yesterday imagine him going off after Tottenham and playing another couple of international games so I think it works out really well for Watford yeah yeah, absolutely, and I think that's a very wise decision taken by the Premier League and the Championship as well. But um, yeah, that's that's all we got time for tonight. We've uh, we tried to keep it nice, short, and sweet one for a, a midweek one. It's uh, it's weird doing a midweek one again, and uh, apologies about not getting a a Spurs fan for the last podcast. But myself and Ben will be back on probably you'll hear from us on either Monday or Tuesday. We'll. Me and Ben will definitely be talking to each other on Monday to discuss the Tottenham game. Hopefully a win. Hopefully my 2-1 prediction comes to fruition. But um, 
you know, me and Ben will be speaking on Monday. Whether you'll hear from us on Monday or Tuesday, uh, it's it remains to be seen. But we'll pop a tweet out just to let you know as well. Uh, and yeah, we we really hope you enjoyed this podcast. Let us know what you thought. Drop us a tweet. Drop us a message on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we read all of the messages and, and we're very, very thankful. But uh, for now, stay safe and come on, yawns. Podcast Network.